0: Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. Finding God in the Music, Season 14. Final track. Yeah, all good things must come to an end, but it'll come back around next year. Uh, I want to say good morning to everybody. I want to say good morning to online people because uh, so many of our onliners originally find us through finding God in the music. It gets shared and people like that. And so hello to the onliners. I want to say hello to Wade and Christina Gray, who are Great onliners, and I happen to know that today they're in Belorado, Spain, as they're walking the Camino de Santiago. Remember Belorado, Perry? That's, uh, if you read Perry's Camino memoir, ever seen by heart, the picture on the back is at Belorado. All right, that's cool. Okay, so uh, let's, just get, let's get started. The artist, well, this is the most obscure artist. The previous four artists have been pretty well-known, pretty well. So this, is, this is an artist that I'm going to guess that most of you are not familiar with. The artist is His Golden Messenger. Not His Golden Messenger, His Golden Messenger. Uh, his Golden Messenger is the American folk band of M.C. Taylor based in Durham, North Carolina. His Golden Messenger has put out 13 albums since 2008 so they've been productive and as I began to explore this artist I found that a lot of his Golden Messenger lyrics are explicitly Christian in theme and content for example I found the song Jesus Shot Me in the Head <laughs> part of the lyrics of that song go like this I was getting wrecked in a Motel 6 when he showed up in the bath so goodbye, sweet Genevieve, and goodbye, my Tulsa friends. Hey, everybody, did you hear the news? Jesus shot me in the head. It was just as, well, I was going to hell. That's, then it goes into the next verse. It's a, it's a song about a very sudden, dramatic conversion. Here's a guy that's making a wreck and ruin of his life, and suddenly in a Motel 6, Jesus shows up and, well, as he tells it, shot him in the head. That is, you know, a dramatic encounter with Christ that, completely changed everything. Uh, Jesus Shot Me in the Head would be a very good song for finding God in the music, except except that um, it was done 10 years ago. And, and this season I'm doing only songs from 2020 and more recent. So the album that I'm going to draw the song from is Quietly Blowing It, it came out a year ago. In the album liner notes of Quietly Blowing It by His Golden Messenger, came out in 2021, we find this quote from Joy Harjo. She's a Native American poet and the American Poet Laureate. She says, you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. I like that. Well, the song I've chosen is Sanctuary. The first time I heard this song, I mean, the first time I heard it, I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's gone into finding God in the music because it was just such a perfect song. Uh, We're going to play you a video of it. Onliners, by now you know the drill. We can't stream it because of copyright violation and we could maybe get shut down. And so there's links that will be posted and all that, but it's wolccom dot slash music videos and we have the video with the lyrics and you can see that. So you're going to I think everyone will like this song. This is a song that you'll just like and uh, well then we'll, we'll go into the message that we can derive from it. But his golden messenger with their song Sanctuary. to the phone Thank you, hiss, golden messenger, for that good song. Feeling bad, feeling blue, can't get out of my own mind, but I know how to sing about it. Ring of bone, a little lonely, I better hit the road, child, we can cry into the phone a while. Ring of bone, that's a line of poetry from Lou Welch where he, the poet, refers to himself as a ring of bone. Jubilee, find me. Steady with your hope now. That little light's got to last a while. Jubilee, you know about that. Ancient Israel, every 50 years. All deaths were canceled. All slaves were released. Lands were returned to their ancestral families. That's a picture of salvation. Like an arrow to the marrow. I know it feels like hell now. Till we make it to the other side. I think we can relate to that. At times this life is a veil of tears. Get used to the bad news. It's all part of the show, child. Handsome Johnny had to go, child. That's a reference. Handsome Johnny's a reference to John Prine. Great, great singer, songwriter who died in June of 2020 at the time this song was being written. If you want to explore John Prine, start with his song, Angel from Montgomery. Did you feel the bad news? Oh, there's something you should know now. Little things that'll cut you down, ragged people, hard times, and... The lightning strikes the poor house. The rich man cries like a crocodile. Sounds like one of the Hebrew prophets right there. Salvation, despair, but the game that they taught me, sometimes it feels like it just ain't fair. The game that they taught me. Life is not a game. Life is a gift. The purpose of life is not to win. The purpose of life is to love well. You want good news. You want sanctuary. When you try to get real, oh, they break you on the wheel. You want to move, you want sanctuary. That's all I can offer to you from the bottom to the bone to the bone. Feeling bad, feeling blue, can't get out of my own mind, but I know how to sing about it. That's the Psalms. Feeling bad, feeling blue, don't know how to get out of my own mind, but I know how to sing about it. That's the Psalms, so Psalm 63. Psalm 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. You know what it's like to be in the wilderness? Ever goes through a season where you're in the wilderness? Here's a psalm that comes from David when he was in the wilderness. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. You want good news, you want sanctuary. Am I right? I know it's true. You want good news, you want sanctuary. When David was on the run in the wilderness during a dark and dangerous time in his life, he wanted to find sanctuary. And most of all, he wanted to find God in the sanctuary. If you're stressed, if you're under pressure, if you're anxious, if you're confused, you want good news. You want sanctuary. Everybody say sanctuary. sanctuary. What, a, what a comforting word that is. Sanctuary. Now, literally, I mean, if you find when you find like sanctuary in the Bible, it's, it's there. It, it just means holy. It's just Kodesh. It's the same word as holy, but when it's in context, when it's referring to a, the holy place, sometimes they'll translate it instead of just holy, they'll translate it sanctuary. Of course, you know, this is into English and it comes out of the Latin. Sanctus, sanctum, all of that sort of thing means holy. And so it originates as a word that, that designates the holy place. The place to encounter God. But the word sanctuary has come to convey the idea of refuge or a place of safety so we have for example we have we have wildlife sanctuaries we have nature sanctuaries we have bird sanctuaries you know go up to los bluff you know up the road from here go there in february and you can see a million snow geese and 400 eagles and all of that because it's a, it's a refuge it's a safe place it's a sanctuary for wildlife You want good news. You want sanctuary. You need sanctuary. You don't just want it. You do want it, but you need it. You need a sanctuary for your soul. Because I could go back through some of the song. Like an arrow to the marrow, I know it feels like hell now until we make it to the other side. Get used to the bad news. It's all part of the show, child. Well, yeah, we go through life and life can hurt. And, and things come at us and they come fast. And they seem to come faster all the time. And so, if we don't find sanctuary for our soul, our soul can pick up a lot of damage. can almost be crushed. And then we, we just... We maybe even lose the will to live. Maybe we go on living, but long after the thrill of living is gone. And we just sort of go through the motions, just carry on bravely, but there's no real living. So you want good news, you want sanctuary, but you need sanctuary. Your soul needs sanctuary. Well, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not a duty. Prayer is not an onerous task by which we accrue merit. I mean, we talk about prayer, and I know sometimes people tend to feel like, oh, yeah, I need it. I should, I should do more of that. And it's, that's really totally unhelpful. <laughs> and so I don't want anybody to feel like that. That's not the point. Prayer is not an onerous task by which we accrue merit and God likes us more if we do than if we don't. None of that's true. Prayer is sanctuary for the soul. That's what prayer is, sanctuary for the soul. And we need a daily retreat into the sanctuary of prayer. I mean, we need more than just those quick cries for help. Oh, God, help me. Now, that's legitimate. Pray that. I mean, as we go through our days, Lord Jesus, help me. That's legitimate, but I'm going to suggest that we probably need more than that. We need an actual sanctuary, a safe place, a refuge for our soul where we can encounter God and the healing can happen. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? All right. Well, I think of my prayer liturgy, my morning prayer liturgy, as entering a sanctuary of time and space. I, mean, I think about that. I mean, I think that way. I think, okay. It's not just—it's not—it's not like a task. It's not a duty. It's not something I, I have to do. I'll check that out. I've got to do that. It's not that. It's, it's entering into a sanctuary where I want to be for a time. A sanctuary in time and space that I know is going to be good for me. And I'm going to enjoy my time there but more than enjoying my time in that sanctuary of the soul, it's going to be good for me. It's going to help me. It's going to heal me. So that's why I think, that's how I think of my morning prayer liturgy. The time is sacred because I'm entering the Holy of Holies and sitting with Jesus. I mean, it's about 30 minutes. Some, a little more sometimes, but it's about 30 minutes. And that's, I, I think I could say this. It's the holiest time of my day, half an hour. The 24, there's a half hour. That's the holiest. That's that morning prayer liturgy, that morning sanctuary in time that I enter into. Um, I also think of the space in which I pray as a sanctuary. There's a, there's a sacred place. I mean, here at Word of Life, we have the upper room, and that was created as a sanctuary, a prayer sanctuary, a place that its purpose is. For people to pray. And so we create a a place that is beautiful, that is inviting, that's open. I mean, it's open throughout the week. You can come pray there. Um, I often use icons to help create a sanctuary. I think I got a little picture there of. So I I have, over the years, I've picked up 14 icons. And when I pray, I often will, you know, I just set them kind of there on. On a chair in front of me. I got my Bible, my prayer book, got a candle, but I got these icons that, that, that I, uh, I think of as a sanctuary, that I'm in there, that I'm, I'm really more in heaven than on earth. It's good to be in heaven for a while, my friends. As you begin your day, it's good to spend a little time in heaven. And so I, I create sometimes, often, regularly. With those icons, I create an icon sanctuary. Uh, but I also like, especially in the summertime, I like to pray outdoors, in the on on the porch swing that hangs from our giant, you know, two or three hundred year old sycamore tree. There's a porch swing hangs from one of those mighty boughs, and and I think of that that whole. Because if you sit there, you know, those those limbs and boughs are bowing down over you. It's a green sanctuary. And it's a good place to pray. It's one of my favorite places to pray. So there is, well, the point is that prayer is the necessary sanctuary for the soul. And without a daily retreat into the sanctuary of prayer, our soul doesn't flourish. It doesn't become properly formed. It, beca- it can become damaged. It can become sick. So I say that, I mean, I I know how so many will hear that. They're like, oh, yeah, I know I should do that. Look, I'll give you a little wisdom from 40 years of being a pastor. Um, The reason that modern Christians either don't pray or don't pray well is they don't know how and it's not your fault. No one's ever taught you. It's one of the the worst things we've done. It's very modern. This is quite new. But we picked up, mostly in the 20th century, we picked up this idea that if prayer wasn't entirely from you, I mean, you you have to write it, you have to do all of your own praying yourself, and it needs to be spontaneous. It needs to be able to just, just... that if it isn't spontaneous and from only you, it's not authentic. And that, that is, so we've laid this terrible burden on people. People know they're supposed to pray, but they don't know what to do. They go to the place of prayer and they kind of try and they struggle and they don't get much out of it. And then they're, okay, this is the problem. And it's not your fault. We've told people, this is how you pray. Just talk to God. no. It's more than that. You need the words to be given to you. You need the prayers. We've told people, go pray, but we didn't give them the prayers. And so the best thing, spiritually, that has happened in my life is learning how to pray well. And it began around 18 years ago. I began to, and it began because I learned how to pray with prayer books. Because I had a dream, and Abraham came to me in a dream and told me to use prayer books. And it, whew, it's the best thing that's happened to me spiritually is learning how to pray well. And the best thing I do as a pastor is to help others learn to pray well. I give, I give people the prayers. So here's the prayers. here's how they work. Here's why you should pray them in this order. Here's how you can pray every day. There's always still room for you to pray from your heart. But here's the prayers that will create a sanctuary. As you pray these prayers, you create a sanctuary for your soul, a refuge, a safe place where healing can happen. And that's what I teach in prayer school. And because I know it helps, that's why I've done it 87 times. You say, When is number 88? Tonight! Tonight at 8 p.m., it's an online version. We'll do an in person one in November. This is online, it's the next three evenings. 8 p.m. Central, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night, each session's 90 minutes long. And so you can be a part of that. You have to register so you can get the link. You can figure that out online how to do that. WOLC.com, prayer school online. And you can be a part of that. You want good news, you want sanctuary. Another way we use sanctuary is to describe a worship space. This is a sanctuary. Now, we, we moved in here. This place was constructed. This place, this space was constructed. We, we moved in in the very end of March of 1996. What was that it was like? 26 years ago. We started designing it as far back as 1993. And at the time, I called this an auditorium. Kind of a very, very secular word. An auditorium where you, you could have you know, a concert event or a, or a lecture. But that isn't really what this is. I don't use that word anymore to describe this because I've, I've grown, I've learned. I've learned how to reach back to older things. And this is a sanctuary. Now, admittedly, the, under, uh, the upper room, smaller, and, you know, it has more sense of sanctuary. But this is a sanctuary. That's why we wanted to put up icons, modern icons. Because this is not just a place for a concert or a lecture. This is a place to encounter God. And it's a place for healing to happen to your soul. Just by being here. Not, not necessarily having to do anything. Just, just sitting here in the presence of the Lord. Healing you. Well, the larger point is that the church, not just the building, although the building matters too, but the church. The church is to be a Sanctuary. People want good news. They want sanctuary, and the church is supposed to be that sanctuary. What do we want Word of Life Church to be? We want Word of Life to be a true sanctuary, a sanctuary for the soul. We want Word of Life to be a sanctuary where people can find good news. The gospel is... The good news that Christ forgives sins, that Christ has conquered death, and that because of Jesus Christ, everything's going to be all right. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Despite it all, all that's going wrong, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the wars, all the injustice, despite it all, everything's going to be all right because Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's good news. And we should be constantly astounded at how good the good news is. And We should be astounded ourselves at how good the news is we have to tell. And it should constantly astound those that hear us. I mean, the the gospel, the gospel really is, it's either too good to be true or too good not to be true. It's one or the other, but it's not sort of like, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. The gospel is not, yeah, that's not, no, it's either too good to be true or if you believe like I do, it's just too good not to be true, that everything's going to be all right, that all shall be well, because God has joined us in Christ, gone in, down into death, undone death, and promised us the life of the age to come. Good news. We want Word of Life to be a sanctuary where people can find respite. Respite. You know that word? It means relief from something that's difficult. I'll tell you something that's difficult. Life. Life is hard. We know this. And so because life is hard, we need some respite. We need a place where we can get some relief from the difficulty of life. On Sunday, we should be a sanctuary that provides relief from the constant harangue of toxic politics. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm I'm looking at myself preach right now. I mean, it's, it's just maybe crept up on us or crashed upon us, one or the other, but have you noticed that our national conversation is all about politics and it's all toxic? It's all us versus them. It's all fueled by hatred of them. And this needs to be a sanctuary. People come in, a, a sanctuary where people find respite and relief from the constant harangue of toxic politics. To bring the vitriol of partisan politics into the sanctuary is an act of cruelty. People need a refuge, and this is to be that place. A little bit of heaven on earth. We want Word of Life to be a sanctuary where people can find mercy. The church is a sanctuary where anyone and everyone can find some kindness in this cruel world one of the things i love most about word of life church is that without making a program out of it it's just happened there has been created among us a culture of kindness that that you will find kindness here and i think kindness is always terribly underrated Who was it? Abraham Joshua Hessel used to say when I was young, I admired clever people, smart people. But when I became old, I learned to admire kind people. This needs to be a sanctuary where people can find mercy. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Yeah, a little Dylan too, be just fine. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm. Come in, she said. That's a church. Come in, she said. I'll give you shelter from the storm. You know, to be a sanctuary where everyone is welcome. Now, that's not, not as a cliche. You know, oftentimes churches will put out there on their little marquee, everyone welcome. Well, if it's not a cliche, but if it's really true, where we're really everyone is All the sinners are welcome. And not just the cool sinners, even the sinners, you know, that you think their sin is really sin. You know, people want the cool, we want to welcome the cool sinners, but I'm talking about the, the sinner sinners. A church where everyone really is welcome is a radical and beautiful thing. It, would, it makes the church Jesus, it makes it the body of Christ, it makes it the presence of Christ in the world, and it makes it utterly unique. Now we can we fall, fall far short of that much of the time when we allow other things to influence who we're going to embrace and who we're going to accept and who we're going to allow among us. But if a church can become the sanctuary that welcomes all no matter what, that is a radical and beautiful thing. So if you need good news, if you need relief, if you need respite, if you need mercy, if you need kindness, we want to be your sanctuary. So just come in, just come in, sit down, rest a while, you don't have to do anything, just come be here. And let your weary and wounded soul begin to heal. You know, there has to be a place for people just to come to church as a sanctuary and really do nothing but heal. Be accepted. Just let the healing balm of the presence of the Lord come and restore a soul. So, What I'm saying is, if you need respite, if you need relief, if you need shelter from the storm, just come. Just come and be in the sanctuary. Just be here. And I promise you, we will do our best to help connect you with the kindness of Christ. Connect you with the kindness of Christ. Then, as you begin to heal in the sanctuary... Then, try to provide sanctuary for others. Pray this way: Lord, may my presence be sanctuary for those who need it. So we, we gather, we gather in the sanctuary, either or maybe it's both but we gather because we need sanctuary. We need sanctuary, but we also gather because we need to provide sanctuary. We need to be sanctuary. We need sanctuary, we need to be sanctuary. And so we pray, Lord, let my presence, just when I just talk to somebody for two minutes, shake their hand, see them in the foyer, see them here, let my presence be to them sanctuary. Sanctuary from the harshness, from the cruelty, from the ugliness, from the vitriol. That is so present in the world. Let, let my have you have you ever met some people like that? That to be around them um, is sanctuary. Tell me, do you know some people like that? There's a name for people like that. They're called holy. That's what holy. Holy holiness isn't, this is, certainly it's not moralizing judgmentalism because you know, you smoke and I don't holiness is that god likeness that is sanctuary for people that is manifest chiefly in that kind of accepting kindness and people just want to be around you because you are sanctuary to them now here's some here's some wisdom poetry Here's some Native American wisdom poetry from Joy Harjo. Ask for forgiveness. Call upon the help of those who love you. These helpers may take many forms animal, element, bird, angel, saint, stone, and ancestor. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in corners, creases of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way that your spirit will want to come. Some of you really need to be saved from your very harsh, judgmental self-talk. Some of you talk to yourself like you wouldn't talk to anybody else. You idiot. Stupid. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in corners and creases of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way that your spirit will want to return. Speak to it as you would to a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It may return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. Your spirit will need to sleep a while after it is bathed and given clean clothes. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a giveaway. And remember... Keep the speeches short. Then you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. Amen. Stand up with me. You want good news? You want sanctuary? Well, you found it. Ah, the sanctuary. When we say everyone's welcome, we mean everyone's welcome. And everyone's welcome at the table. You know what I say about it. It's the table not of the church for us to fence it and control it and decide whether or not you're legit. It's the table of the Lord. And who would Jesus share his table with? Whoever would sit down with him. And so everyone's invited to come and partake of Christ, his body, his blood, and the bread and the wine. We'll invite you in just a moment. Everyone, Everyone's invited. You'll come and someone will have a basket of bread and they'll say, the body of Christ broken for you. And it is. So take a piece of that bread. Someone else will have a cup and they'll say, the blood of Christ shed for you. Take the bread, dip in the cup and taste and see that the Lord is good. Now let's prepare ourselves by first of all, confessing our glorious faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. The Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's confess our sins and receive the Lord's forgiveness. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. That we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins. And in humility, ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.